Listener Production. This is Global Truths with Dr. Keith Souter. Join us each week as we break down one issue in global politics so that you can understand what's going on in the world right now and what is likely to happen in the future. Our host, Dr. Keith Souter, is one of Australia's leading commentators on global affairs and geopolitics. My name is Sasha Barbagat. I'm a journalist. It's a relatively new term, but we've been hearing more and more about the metaverse. In fact, mentions of the word in regulatory filings have grown from 260 in 2021 to more than 1,000 in the first six months of this year alone. And on this week's episode of Global Truths, Keith, we are discussing a book written by a man named Matthew Ball titled The Metaverse and How It Will Revolutionise Everything. Now, I do want to start with the basics, Keith. What is the metaverse? What sort of programs and tools will people be using when accessing it? Well, part of the problem is working out exactly what's going to happen. In the article, which I should acknowledge was sent to me by John Blackshaw, one of my colleagues in the Commonwealth Partnership for Technology Management, this is an article which appeared in Time magazine during August. And this fellow, Matthew Ball, has produced, as you say, a book looking at the metaverse. Now, just to put this in perspective, the writer talks about, in effect, four waves of computer technology. So he says that, think of the metaverse as the fourth era of computing and networking. So you have mainframes, which ran from the 1950s to 1970s. A youngster like you wouldn't know what a mainframe is. No. Some of us, <laughs> <laughs> some of us used to have IBM punch cards, etc. very cumbersome took up a huge amount of space. Mm. So that was the first one. And then they invented personal computers, which you can then carry around with you, etc. That was the second wave. And then the third wave has been the whole issue of mobile and cloud computing. So with cloud computing, you don't have the data. It's stored somewhere in Australia. We've got a major data farm near Sydney, which is a huge consumer of electricity because you've got to keep these data farms running in a cool temperature. So you no longer have to keep it on your computer. Somebody stores it all for you. So there are your three waves. So you've got these big, huge computers. Then we go on to personal computers, which I'm still using. And then thirdly, you've got mobile phones and cloud computing. His argument is we're now going to this fourth era, which is the metaverse. And In the article, he makes this very interesting point that the results of these three previous waves to which I've referred were profound, but they're also hard to specifically predict. Mm. In other words, we're now moving into a fourth era and you just simply can't predict what is likely to happen. He says it's going to be more than this virtual reality headset. Jane and I, before COVID, were fighting dinosaurs. Yeah, it's great, it, isn't it? It's great fun. <laughs> we can do that here. In, or we used to. I don't know if the studio is still open. Mm. But you do that with virtual reality headsets. Yeah. This guy is saying, look, you're just thinking too small. Right. It goes way beyond fighting dinosaurs with these headsets. He also makes reference to Google Glass so that, as you and I both wear glasses, mm. the glasses will be able to say, this is Sasha, this is her date of birth, this is where she lives and all the rest of it, because it's mining Google yes. while I'm looking at you. And Weird. then, you know, if I see you in the street, I can then refer to you by name, etc. <laughs> because I, the glasses are giving me all the hint. And he's saying, oh, no, 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 what we're heading into with the metaverse is something much more elaborate 
than just these toys. The toys are good as a way of drawing people in, but he says that it's going to be something that is going to make major changes to our lives, but we're not sure exactly what that extent will be. And he does foreshadow a time when we will simply live in virtual reality. Mm. So you and I won't need to meet in the studio. Somehow we can do it all through the ether. Still mind-boggling to me. It, it is mind-boggling. And if you think about, you know, the, the world that we've had of Zoom or, or Skype or Microsoft Teams, etc., and the changes that's come about in terms of online education. Now, that's not virtual reality. That's the real world. But it's getting us used to a new way of commuting. And so we don't need to have a computer which physically, you know, enables us to come together. We can do it all online. He is saying, when you compare the previous three waves, which were immense, just think about how much our lives have been changed. He's in effect saying the metaverse is, it, we just don't know where we're going to be. He says on the word metaverse that it's not inherently dystopic. In other words, it's not always just talking about a bad word, but he acknowledged that it did come out of mm. novels. Yeah. So meta means beyond. So we talk about metaphysics. So clearly metaverse is something beyond where we are now. That's what he's really warning us about. So it's a whole new era that's going to open up and it certainly will change our lives. Already it's possible to buy real estate in the metaverse so you can start your own speculation. So you've got all sorts of new things opening up. And so he just simply has issued this publication as a way of saying to people, this is something you have to pay attention to. Metaverse is a really serious topic. Yeah. And on that, where are we at with the, you know, so-called creation, so to speak, of the metaverse? Are there companies that are working? Is it individual little portions of revolution that are starting or is it kind of one big thing that everyone's working on together? Well, they're not working on it together. Mm. They're actually competing with each other. The original internet was certainly a project between government and scientists. The story is really quite interesting that it was invented accidentally, basically. What happened is that um, during the Cold War, when there was a risk of a surprise attack by the Soviet Union, the Americans wanted to have a way of communicating with, with their bases and so this electronic system was devised. And the scientists who worked on it said, look, this is a good way of communicating. Can we have it on our university campuses? And so that's how we invented email, et cetera, just simply as a way of sending quick messages. It's the warning that I give people that when you look at the history of the internet, we're using it now for purposes for which it was not designed. So originally it was just a quick way of sending a quick message to somebody saying, I'm off to the faculty dinner for lunch and leave it at that. But instead we now do our banking. We have movies going through the internet. So we're forever having to upgrade it with new technology. But some people have argued that the spine of the current internet itself is weak because we're using it for purposes for which it wasn't designed. That phase of computing was done with government contracts and scientists working together. The argument in this article is that we're going to end up with big corporations trying to gain control of the meta or metaverse. And once you do that, then you become incredibly rich. They talk about here that a major bank and a consulting company have said that the metaverse could generate as much as $13 trillion in revenue by the year 2030. So we're talking there 10 times the Australian economy. Yeah. And Morgan Stanley 
has estimated that $8 trillion in both the US and China, while Goldman Sachs projected for $2.5 trillion to $12 trillion globally. So we're talking about immense figures. But remember, these are just projections on something that we're not completely sure what it's going to be. But we are saying, keep an eye on this. This is going to be a major economic turning point. Yeah, absolutely. Ball discusses in his book the potential problems of the metaverse. Could you talk us through the worries of this new digital space? Well, the worry that I always have with technology is that it can be hacked. So if you go back to those early days of the internet, the people who drew it up were government employees and scientists who lived in a very innocent life. I work a lot in the security space, so I'm professionally paranoid. (laughs) That's a good term um, for so, it. <laughs> it's only the paranoid that survive. Remember, that's the founder of Intel. That's the name of his that. memoir. <laughs> only the paranoid survive. And so the problem is that you can have a system that could be hacked. If you think about the Internet of Things, which is possibly what we're heading towards here. So the Internet of Things means that by the year, say, 2030, 2040, we will have 50 billion items on the Internet. Seven billion will be humans. The rest will be your car, your refrigerator, your front door. Mm. Already, you've got a technology that you can keep an eye on who's going to your front door. That's right. From your studio here. I can watch my dog from work at That's home. right. <laughs> keep an eye on him, make sure he's not being naughty. And so this is going to be the internet of things, which may well be vulnerable to hacking because people can, by going along the street, will be able to say, oh, is that house really inhabited? Mm. Or is the person off in the studio? watching her dog at a distance. (laughs) And there's also a a philosophical issue, which is the one of, if it's virtual reality, then what is reality? Remember, this is an issue that came to light a few years ago when people started to do digital enhancement of individuals. So you had a statement from President Obama, which was not really by the president, but they simply had been able to rework Mm. what he was saying and reconfigure his face and his voice to produce a statement that was complete opposite That's of what right. he stood for. Which means, therefore, that we're going to end up, this, as I said, it's a major problem now for philosophers about defining well, what is reality. And it's going to get worse as the years roll by. And this author is warning there is much that we can do to prepare ourselves for it. I'm not as optimistic about it as he is. I'm not that sure that people will just sort of take to the barricades to protect their own interests. I think people will just get suckered in one way or another and end up living in a completely different sort of world. You're listening to Global Truths with Dr Keith Souter and this week we're talking all things Metaverse, the online platform that could revolutionise the way we live, work and play. Keith, we were just discussing the potential negative impacts, but what are some of the positives? Oh, the positive will be obviously um, economic growth, and that's what these banking reports are all about. That's why the bankers are interested in it and the big management, accounting firms, etc. They can see that it will be the next big leap forward in terms of technology. So there'll be a lot of money to be made out of this. Now, as always, of course, there are the casualties of change. So if you go back to 1750, the Industrial Revolution, suddenly textile productions went up by hundreds of percent because you were doing it on machines. You weren't sewing the garment at home in your little cottage. The good news is that we're producing more garments in 1750 than ever before. The bad news is that there were a lot of people who lost out on their jobs because we were no longer employing peace workers. This will be a worry that I have 
with the metaverse that there will be winners and losers. There always are when it comes to new technology. So yes, we will have a huge leap forward in terms of economic growth and economic opportunities, like, for example, just being able to buy and sell real estate in this virtual world. It's almost a thing now as well, because during the pandemic, we learned, oh, the real estate agent can walk around with a phone while you're on the phone on FaceTime and look at everything and you can apply and get your apartment without seven foot in it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, the next stage is you'll be able to buy real estate, which is not real estate. Yeah. It's virtual real estate. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> That's the difference, isn't That's it? That's right. So, <laughs> so you can end up with people buying and selling real estate, which is not really real estate. This is where I go back to this philosophical mm. issue about what is reality. So what would it look like then, this real estate? Is it pretend houses? Is that yeah, what you mean? On pretend land. <laughs> Why? Why would we want that? I, I'm not sure that I'd want to. I have enough difficulty paying for current housing <laughs> costs. Um, but clearly people think there, there is money to be made here. And remember the very important point that he made that it's impossible to predict the changes that's going to take place. Mm. You've just referred to... Um, technology to enable people to buy real yes. real estate, yeah. right? Nobody thought of that a few years ago. Nope. That's why I think the metaverse is very important because clearly there's a lot of money going into it and people expect to make a lot of money as a result of it and it will therefore change our lives. So people should be keeping their heads around this metaverse issue. We're given the impression that it's all kind of just around the corner, but in truth we could be looking at a functioning metaverse being decades away, maybe. What can past advancements of technology tell us about the immediate future of the metaverse? Well, I think that given the nature of technological change generally, I think the problems you have is that you don't know how long the revolution is going to run for or where it will run up and eventually end up. We're clearly just beginning on this era and we're beginning to learn more about the metaverse. It's a logical continuation of where we are at the moment with information technology, but we don't know for sure where it's going to finish up and how much it will completely transform our lives. If we have the internet of things, we will have created a global brain. People used to talk about Google search engines as the global brain. So in other words, you could then find out the Battle of Hastings. You just look it up, etc. You don't need expensive encyclopedias. It's all at your fingertips. I think that what we'll be heading towards with the internet of things is that everything will be connected to everything else. And so your refrigerator can tell your car that you need to get a carton of milk and the car will tell you we've now got to do a detour to the supermarket. And if it's a driverless car. And it's a driverless car. It'll just take you there itself. Yeah. (laughs) It won't even have to ask you. The excerpt of this book published in The Times this month finishes with a bit of a call to arms for global citizens. What is Ball warning us to do as this technology becomes accessible? Well, you know, this is where we're back almost to the dreamy, idealistic which, which is what got us into problems, I think, with some of the computer stuff, that we didn't think about what could go wrong. We were just too optimistic when we invented the internet. So he's talking here that people have agency, which is a term that you can control what you do. And he is simply saying, look, we're heading into this new era. Keep your head around it. And he says, much about the future is uncertain, just as the internet was in the 1990s and the early 2000s. But we can understand how the metaverse is likely to work and why, which experiences might be available when, why and to whom, and what might go wrong and what might go right. So he's, you're right, it's a call to action. And he is simply saying, pay attention to the metaverse and we can use this information to shape the future, just as big tech is going to try to shape your future 
you can make it quite clear that you will accept certain things but not others. He says there are trillions of dollars at stake as executives I want to remind us and more importantly, our lives. Now, for me, one of the worries I've got to say about all this type of technology is that it keeps you sitting down at home and that's a problem of sedentary disease syndrome. So sitting down for long periods at home actually damages your health. So I hope that one of the aspects of virtual reality and metaverse, et cetera, will be to encourage people to get up and move around. And if you're carrying those glasses around with you, you can walk around. And scroll Facebook. Exactly. (laughs) So it's going to be a very interesting world that is opening up. So the bottom line from this article is pay attention to the discussion about the metaverse. Great piece of advice. Thanks for your company this week, Keith. Thank you. Global Truths is presented by Dr. Keith Suda and me, Sasha Barber-Gatt. Audio production by Niall Fernandez. Theme and original music by Matt Nikolic. Listener.